0: Welcome back to Dauber Prospects Radio. I'm your host, Peter Harling. Uh, Thanks everyone for uh, maintaining a subscription to the show, for those of you that did, even though it's been quite some time since our last episode, which uh, probably came out shortly after the NHL entry draft. So it's good to be back. Uh, On today's episode, I'm going to be talking a little bit about uh, some things that have changed on Dauber Prospects, and uh, with me in particular, Uh, taking a little bit of a look at what's happening in the AHL. Take a little bit of a look at uh, what's going on in the OHL as well, and then I'll do uh, a couple of listener questions, and then we'll uh, cut to an interview I had back at the draft with Sportsnet's Sam Cosentino. So, uh, so let's get into it. First of all, I want to want to let everyone know that uh, I have uh, moved out of my position as managing editor at Dobber Prospects to make room for Cam Robinson. So uh, stick tap to Cam. He's been doing such great work for us for so long. And uh, with what's been going on with me in my personal life, it's been such a distraction. I haven't been able to maintain the level of commitment that I once did. Uh, so I thought it was best that I step aside and let Cam take over. I'll still be participating uh, with Dauber Prospects a, a little bit. Of course, I'll be doing uh, contributions to draft guides and uh, the prospect rankings, uh, or sorry, the prospect report. I'm obviously maintaining uh, the podcast episodes as much as I can and I'll be doing some player updates as well as contributing to uh, special assignments with Dauber Prospects and helping Cam grow that site a little bit more. Uh, so looking forward to all the amazing things that Cam can do with the site and the direction that he's going to take it. Um, all right so that out of the way let's do a little bit of talk about uh, what's happened so far early this season. Um, one leagues, a couple of leagues that I want to take a quick look at first of all would be uh, the AHL and the OHL. Uh, so taking a look at the AHL just, uh, just basically at the scoring leaders, I haven't had an opportunity to watch too many games yet some things that are jumping out at me, uh, Drake Batherson is right atop of the rookie scoring leaders in the AHL. You may remember Drake Batherson from such hits like the World Juniors with Team Canada where he scored a bevy of goals. He's carried that momentum into his first year as a pro guy's got uh, six games played and nine points already with Belleville. Uh, so Belleville's not too far from me. It's just uh, just down the highway a tad, about an hour's drive. So I'll be looking to try and get into a couple of Belleville Senators games this year and uh, keep tabs on, on Mr. Batherson for all of you owners out there. Another player who uh, jumped out at me off the scoring leaders is a player we've talked about on this show a little bit before, that's Carl Grundstrom from the Toronto Maple Leafs. This is a player I talked about and I thought he might have an opportunity to start the season with the Leafs, despite the fact that they have such a stacked forward roster. He's got seven points in five games already. Uh, playing in the AHL with the Marlies, not in the NHL with the Leafs. I thought with the Leafs parting ways with Leo Komarov, that that might be a role that Grundstrom would be able to fill. He's a little bit bigger, a little bit grittier than some of the other players that are uh, prospects that they have. Um, I think it's just a matter of time until Grunstrom works his way up into regular in the NHL with the Leafs. Uh, he might just be an injury recall away. Um, another player that's kind of jumped out at me a little bit was... Uh, a player that I've never really heard of before. He's uh, signed as a free agent by the Los Angeles Kings. His name is Sheldon Rempel. He's a winger. He comes from the NCAA. He's played two years there with Clarkson University. In the last two years, he's played uh, back-to-back 39-game seasons, scoring 23 points in his uh, freshman season and 46 in his sophomore season before he signed with the Kings. started this year in the NHL. Uh, he's got two games with zero points, but in the other games that he's played this year in the AHL He's managed two points a game uh, four goals and four assists in four games So eight points in four games is uh it's a pretty impressive stat uh, It's gonna be difficult for me to get my eyes on this guy as he plays for Ontario, which uh, as you know is very far away from the Ontario that I live in uh, but uh, Hopefully I can get the opportunity to watch him play online. Uh, Another player of interest is a player that uh, I talked a little bit about and and have wrote a little bit about as well. That's another college free agent signing from... uh uh, actually he was sorry he's not a signing he's a drafted player by the Philadelphia Flyers but they were unable to sign him so they traded his rights to the Edmonton Oilers uh, this past summer uh, and the Edmonton Oilers were were quick to put pen to paper and sign him that's Cooper Merity he's uh, off to a hard start in the AHL he's got uh, six points in five games two goals four assists and uh, he was actually recently recalled from Bakersfield to Edmonton so he'll be making his NHL debut shortly and uh that's a player that I think you might want to keep your eye on for your waiver wire as an opportunity uh, as well. Uh, something else that stood out to me was the number of players uh, in the scoring leaders in the AHL coming from the Rochester Americans, which, as you know, is the AHL affiliate of the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, they've got themselves uh, a couple of players smattered out through the scoring leaders. Uh, right at the top of the page is their own Victor Olafson. He's a 23-year-old uh, right-wing left-winger. He's got himself... Uh, Nine points in, sorry, nine assists and five goals for fourteen points in eight games um, in his first year in the AHL. So he's off to a red hot start. Uh, he's being supported by a couple of defensemen. Actually, thirty uh, year old AHL journeyman Zach Redmond. He's the AHL leading scorer. Not a lot of fantasy relevancy there, but uh, interesting that that he's at the top of the league. Uh, another defenseman who you may have also heard me speak about previously, Lawrence Pellet. Uh, not sure about the pronunciation of the last name he's a 22 year old uh, free agent signee coming over to Buffalo uh, from the a- SHL in the off season. the 22 year old defenseman's five foot 11 and 181 pounds uh, Lawrence Peelett last year had a heck of a season over in the SHL where he was named the defenseman of the year and he had the most assists and most points for a defenseman he'll be signed with Buffalo through 1920. Uh, he is off to a red-hot start with eight points in six games. Uh, Didn't crack the Sabres roster to start the season. The fact that they drafted Rasmus Dahlin might have something to do with that. But uh, nevertheless, I think uh, Lawrence Peele won't be long for the NHL if he keeps putting up points at the rate he is. Um, Decent size, too, at 5'11", 181. Not, uh, not Not small by today's NHL standards. Another couple players on uh, Rochester that are worth noting would be the fact that, uh, don't forget about Alex Nylander, uh, brother of William Nylander, has had a hard time cracking the NHL roster coming out of the AHL, but uh, keep in mind he started playing in the AHL when he was only 18 years old. Um, He's a point a game player right now with eight points in eight games. Uh, I think he would uh, be a very likely candidate to get uh, a couple of game looks in the NHL at some point this season. Another prospect they have worth noting would be Danny O'Regan, and you might remember him from the Evander Kane trade as the principal prospect that Buffalo got in return uh, in the Evander Kane trade. While the Evander Kane trade was basically a rental at the time, San Jose has since re-signed him. Buffalo also got a first-round pick out of the deal. But uh, Danny O'Regan is a fantasy-relevant prospect for those in deep, deep leagues. He's got six points in eight games. And uh, Brendan Gooley is uh, another defenseman uh, in the Rochester system. He has six points in eight games, uh, and he's a player that uh, you've probably heard before as well. He's got a tremendous fantasy upside. So that's just a little quick tour of the AHL and a couple of hits on some top players. Uh, switching leagues now, looking over at the OHL. Um, I've only managed to get to one live game so far this year, uh, Kingston versus uh, Windsor, uh, which was an unspectacular game. Uh, Jason Robertson really stood out in that game though he looks like he is ready for a challenge at the next level it'll be interesting to see what uh, what kind of return the Kingston Frontenacs can get for him in trade uh, after they loaded up and went for a, a run last year uh, adding a whole bunch of players at the expense of the foreseeable futures draft picks um, so they'll be looking to recover some of those picks in a Jason Robertson trade no doubt. But very little surprise right near the top of the league in the OHL is Morgan Frost, Philadelphia Flyers prospect, tore up the OHL last year, and he'll be going back as a 19-year-old this year, uh, and he's going to dominate. In his first 13 games, he's got 24 points, which is outstanding. Uh, Some other signed or drafted players that are near the top of the league in scoring would be Brandon Sajan, Nikhil Thomas, Jason Robertson, Kirill Maximov. Uh, It's very early in the year still, so nothing really to get too excited about. Uh, I'm sure the cream will rise to the top as it usually does. Uh, But looking a little bit further down, a couple of names that kind of jumped out at me that's always nice to see is some draft-eligible players. Uh, Arthur Kaliev uh, is the top of the list for draft-eligible players in the OHL. He's playing for the Hamilton Bulldogs. He'll be a first-round pick coming up soon. The guy's a sniper. He's a... Russian-sounding import player, but hes uh, I believe he's domestically grown. He's got uh, 13 games so far this season, and he's a goal-a-game player. Add in 10 assists, and he's got 23 points in 13 games. Um, I noticed him last year, especially during the playoffs when Kingston and Hamilton uh, made it to the conference finals. Uh, Hamilton got the edge on Kingston. And Arthur Kellyev was uh, a player that wasn't even a first-line player at the time for Hamilton on their, on their run to a championship. That's how deep they were, but man, I really couldn't help but notice the kid, and even in a limited role, he's, uh, he's a sniper. This kid can really shoot the puck. Uh, moving down the list a little bit, you'll find uh, the younger brother of Nick and Ryan Suzuki. He's playing for Barry, another team that uh, had uh, some pretty impressive offensive depth last year, and he was able to be insulated a little bit behind the likes of uh, Sveshnikov. Uh, so, so far this season, Ryan Suzuki, who will also be a first-round pick. He's got 21 points in 11 games, 5 goals, 16 assists, so a little bit more of a playmaker than than Kaliev. Uh, but he's a, those are two players that I think you might want to uh, be looking at as early first-round candidates for the upcoming draft this year uh, in Vancouver. Looking even a little further down the line, sorting the OHL scoring leaders by rookies, a couple of names that you'll see right at the top would be Marco Rossi. He's an Ottawa 67's import draft. This guy's not eligible till the 2020 draft, and he is leading all OHL rookies in scoring. He's an Austrian import who has 16 points in 14 games, 9 goals and 7 assists. The Ottawa Senators look to be uh, a contending team this year, and they'll be looking at some of their uh, older veteran players uh, and their uh, import rookie Marco Rossi to carry the offensive load there. Um, 67s are, are just up the highway for me, so I'll get an opportunity to see this kid play a couple of times this year, no doubt. Um, so look for more updates on on him in the future. Uh, next on the list would be Cole... Perfetti, a center with Saginaw Spirit. He's also eligible for the draft in 20. Uh, He's got himself 11 points in his first 12 games. Uh, Kid's just 16 years old. Uh, Don't really know much about him, and Saginaw plays in the West and I live in the East, so I'll be lucky to see him once or twice this year, Uh, but I'll be looking for him when they come through for sure. And then last but not least on my list is Big Quinton Byfield, a player you may have heard of. He was drafted first overall in the OHL... Uh, priority selection draft this past summer. This young man is already six foot four, one ninety four. He's a hulking center. He's got great speed, good skills, great hands. Uh, in his first twelve games in the OHL, he's got five goals and five assists for ten points. I wouldn't be surprised if he powers his way to the top of the scoring list for rookies by the uh, by Christmas. So that's just a quick snapshot look at the OHL. Um, Before we move on to have my conversation with Sam from the NHL draft, I thought I would uh, mix things up a little bit and uh, take a couple questions from you, the listener. I posted it out there on the DPR underscore Twitter handle uh, the other day about what you might want me to talk about, and I got some, uh, some responses. Uh, David Lemaire asks me, uh, how large is the risk-reward with uh, Kaprizov in a dynasty league, and will he ever come over? And then a follow-up question to that came from NHL Ranking. He asked the same thing about Nikita Gusev. So, great questions. Uh, Two players who I'm sure most of you are already very familiar with. They're highly talented offensive players. And the trick is they are signed to professional contracts in the KHL, and there is no transfer agreement between the KHL and the NHL, so they can't possibly come over until their contracts expire. So the million-dollar question is, when their contracts expire, will they renew and stay in Russia and play in the KHL, or will they come over and play in North America and sign lucrative contracts in the NHL? The lucrative contract I term is a term I use loosely as they'll only be able to sign entry-level contracts, so they'll have to burn through their ELCs before they can really cash in at the NHL level. Uh, One thing that you might be able to see is if their Russian teams uh, in the end of their contract year are eliminated early enough that they could sign and come over and quickly burn off a year of their contract in the NHL before before the NHL regular season expires, that would allow them to take their ELC down by one year and speed things up to uh, restricted free agency status. Um, I think that would be uh, an attempting lure for them if they wanted to come over, because if they did, it would most likely be for cash pursuit reasons. Anyhow, Kaprizov is signed through 1920, so the earliest he could possibly sign in the NHL with currently his rights are owned by Minnesota, would be the season of 2021. So if you own him in your fantasy roster, he's going to be sitting on your bench for a couple more years before you have the the chance that he could even move up and start contributing you some stats. If he does come over, however, he'll be well, well worth the wait. So in terms of David's question is, what's the risk-reward? Um, the risk, quite frankly, is if he's already on your prospect bench, all he's really doing is, is taking up a spot. So how many prospect spots do you have? If you're in a deep, deep dynasty league that mirrors the NHL and gives you like a full minors bench where you have 20 some prospect possibilities, I would say the risk would be negligible. If you have to include him on your active roster and you're in a smaller pool uh, and then that really is detrimental in burning up a roster space, I would say cut bait, trade him if you can get a draft pick or something for him as well Um, because I mean you're still looking at years away Nikita Gusev on the other hand his contract expires at the end of the 1920 1819 season sorry so he could come over after this season in 1920 uh, he just has absolutely been tearing it up as well and uh, Nik- Gusev is a property of the Vegas Golden Knights he, they acquired him from Tampa I believe during their expansion um, great, great, great acquisition by Vegas as they add themselves an elite prospect before they even had a, an NHL entry draft. Um, he's arguably their their top prospect, even with the likes of uh, Cody Glass still in their system and Eric Branstrom. Uh, Eric Brandstrom also was in the AHL, by the way. Um, so anyways, Nikita Gusev as a player, I'd be a little bit more interested in uh, having on my prospect team than Kaprizov, but um, like I said, if you've got lots of space on your prospect roster, then there is not really any risk, other than just wasting a prospect spot, which is negligible. Uh, and then the upside for these guys is, is tremendous. Think uh, think Panarin upside when they come over. Okay, next question comes from Buds All Day, and he asks me uh, Sam Steele versus Gabe Velarde versus Cody Glass. Um, long-term in a dynasty league I guess he's asking who does he like so long-term is is the real question here right now Sam Steele is in the NHL playing with the Anaheim Ducks so the short-term answer is Sam Steele all day he's already in the NHL whereas Cody Glass has been sent back to Portland he's not going to be playing at all this season in the NHL Gabe Velarde is a bit of a wild card he hasn't been assigned anywhere because like the start of last season he's starting this season on the IR which is a Big red flag. Got to see a lot of him play last year with Kingston Frontenacs towards the end of the season uh, once he came back from his injury and was was traded from, from Windsor to Kingston, and he's dominant. He's the best player I've ever seen the Kingston Frontenacs have. Um, and they've had some pretty good players come through in my time in Kingston here, but I think it's pretty safe to say that Velarde is all-around the best player uh, that Kingston has ever had. So that being said, who do I like between the three of them long-term? I would argue that perhaps Gabe Velarde has the best upside between the three of them, but the fact that he's been so injured in his career at such a young age, and he's had back injuries, and I don't know if any of you out there have had back injuries, but I have, and when your back is is really out, the idea of playing hockey and getting crushed into the boards is just a nightmare. Uh, So I am legitimately concerned about his long-term future for Gabe Velarde and his health. Uh, Cody Glass, going back to Portland, has just been on fire. He's got nine games played and 20 points. Um, Again, property of Vegas, Sam Steele, nine games in the NHL with three points, property of the Anaheim Ducks. Um, I think long-term, I would probably lead towards uh, Cody Glass here. Um, So short-term, slam dunk, Sam Steele. Long-term... Slight edge, Cody Glass, and then uh, Gabe Velarde would be the answer to both if he were healthy. Because if he were healthy, I believe he'd be playing with Los Angeles right now. So depending on how long he's out for, they, what they decide to do with him, return him to junior, loan him to the AHL for a conditioning stint, and then see if he can make the Kings this season. Um, it's just too risky. Uh, I would probably avoid Velarde. All right, next question comes from Leo Reyes. He asks... Um, for some commentary on Tyler Madden and his start to the season. Uh, well, Leo, to be honest with you, I've uh, I've never had a chance to see Tyler Madden play. He comes from the USHL, and he's playing right now in the NCAA, and living in Canada, it's really difficult to get uh, access to watch those games. Um, so here's what I do know about him. He's a Vancouver Canucks draft pick from 2018 in Dallas, Uh, He was drafted in the third round, 68th overall. He was 5'11", 150. Um, Last year, in his draft season in the USHL, he had 50 games and posted 34 points. He's off to a hot start this year in the NCAA with a point a game after four games. Uh, I know that... His game is predicated on his uh, hockey IQ, speed, and his puck control. He's a bit of a playmaker, not too much unlike his old man, uh, John Madden. So he's the son of New Jersey Devils Stanley Cup champion, John Madden. Um, So I think there's a a long wait there. This is a player that I think will have uh, a few seasons under his belt in the NCAA before he turns pro, and then he might even have some, uh, some AHL seasoning time. So if you're looking for him from a fantasy perspective, I think there's potential there for sure, but you have to be extremely patient and let him sit on your bench and cook for three to four years before he's ready to make an impact on your stat sheet. The last question comes from uh, Michael Aaron Seaver. Thanks for the question, Michael. He asks, um, the Buffalo Sabres have three first-round picks so far in the 2019 draft coming up in Vancouver. Who should they target, and who is most NHL-ready? Well, Michael, to be totally honest with you, it's too soon for me to answer that question. Um, This is something that I would have a a very good answer for come the end of the season, but uh, we're only a couple weeks in so far, and I haven't had nearly an opportunity to see all of the players play uh, and do any sort of scouting analysis on any of them. So uh, I'll take a rain check on that question. Uh, Hit me up with that one uh, again later on uh, at the end of the season. Alright, so moving on to uh, talk about uh, my interview with uh, Sam Cosentino with the NHL Draft. Uh, One of the players that comes up in the interview uh, that I just kind of wanted to touch on real quickly is uh, a Russian player who I've had my eye on. He's been on my radar for a while now. Um, I noticed that in the 16-17 season, he was uh, 17 draft eligible. He went undrafted. But I was a little bit surprised because he had 105 points in 60 games in the MHL, which is the junior league in Russia. Uh, I guess the reason why he went undrafted is because this kid is uh, very slim. He's 5'7", 140 pounds. So that's that's pretty small. I mean, even in today's NHL where you don't measure players with a tape measure to do your scouting, um, that's still really small. Uh, However... He's clearly an offensively talented player, and then he came over with Russia in the Subway Super Series, which uh, Sam talks about that. And uh, I was looking for him there as well, and he uh, wasn't hard to spot. In the six games that he played, he had two goals and two assists for four points. He was drafted in Dallas, uh, 18, mm, 2018, by the Vancouver Canucks in the late, 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 in the sixth round, 186 overall. So this is certainly a player who. Um, Their role in the Dyson is a long shot to say the least, but his offensive upside is, uh, is so tempting that I'm really glad that an NHL team took a shot on him. He's already a year older than the other people from the 18 draft. Uh, he'll be playing in the KHL this year. He's got uh, 20 games played so far, um, and he has seven points, two goals and five assists, so almost a half a point per game player as a 19, 20-year-old playing in the KHL uh he's signed through uh 1920 so he's got another season to go in the KHL before he could possibly come over and play for Vancouver uh so this is a player who you might want to just keep an eye on maybe put him on your fantasy watch list see how he does this season and then when he has only one more year to go maybe look at uh trying to to get an early grab on him put him on your prospect bench and just bank him for a year and uh who knows maybe he'll come over after his contract expires uh, in avant And and uh, everyone can, when you draft him, they'll say, who in the actual is Artie Anyhow, let's see what Sam Cosentino has to say about him and other thoughts that Sam had from the NHL draft. Thanks for listening to this episode of Dopper Prospects, and uh, hopefully it's not a couple months before the next one. Don't forget to give us a follow on Twitter, at DPR underscore show, and you can follow me on Twitter, at farling p-h-a-r-l-i-n-g and of course follow dauber prospects and uh hopefully we'll have another episode for you in a week or two Till then cheers all right i'm joining the draft now with uh, sportsnet sam cosentino sam welcome back to the dpr show thanks for coming on it's, yeah. uh, it's a privilege for us how are you liking
1: the draft so far yeah i love being here i love seeing the kids um you know, a real touching moment just a few minutes ago, Gilles Bouchard, his son uh, Xavier, I think, was expected to go a little bit higher than he did, and they're hanging around and sitting around, I think, with the last pick in the sixth round or late in the sixth round, and he ended More up getting picked. And Gilles Jill's a guy the that uh, I've known for a long time, back to his uh, days at UQTR, yes. uh, you know, head coach part with Ruan that's going to coach uh, Canada's... Uh, I have an Alinka team, and he's an unbelievable guy. And so I know that you're getting a really good, uh, neat player with his son, Xavier. And it's nice to see that story come to fruition. You know, a lot of these people show up and they hang around. And you get got your family there and a small entourage, and you're wondering if you get picked or not. And when it finally happens, it's, you know, it's just an outpouring of emotion. Yeah, it's a yeah. really, really neat, neat moment. It's good to see.
0: It is good to see. Uh, you and I were just talking with Cam Robinson about uh, a player that the Canucks picked up. Uh, you were telling me to watch out for this guy. We Cam and I already know about him. Uh, let's tell our listeners who you're talking about.
1: Artem Mnookin is a guy that we got to see a lot in our Canada-Russia series. Uh, good speed, really skilled guy, shoots the puck. Uh, I was really, really impressed him. And I, you know, It's not to say he's gonna play, but for a late pick, Based on what I've seen comparable in his age group and playing against, you know, our, our CHL's best amongst the three leagues, um, he really held up and, and, and fit the bill there. So that to me just gives me an indication that there is a chance here because he's not just going up against, you know, a team... Where your bottom six and your bottom three or four D are easy matchups, you're going up against really good teams. So I love the way you played in that series. I love the pick late for sure.
0: Yeah, and that's the kind of player that I think a lot of people who listen to this podcast uh, are looking for. You know, uh, like who's that hidden gem fantasy player I can pick in my uh, in my later rounds? And all my buddies is look at me and go, "Who the hell is that?" Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I think he's one of those guys for sure. Uh, in the first round, who were some players that you thought um, maybe were picked? Higher than they should have been ranked, maybe, or people who you might, in a fantasy draft, want to knock down a few pegs because they might not translate that way.
1: Well, I mean, when, when it comes to fantasy, and, and again, some of them work differently. But guys who might play immediately for me would be Zadina. I thought that was a good value pick for Detroit at six. I think his goal scoring is going to translate. I think Brady could chuck can play if he decides you know not to go back to BU or whatever might be happening with his uh, situation. I think he plays right away too. So if you're looking maybe for late-value fantasy. Those are a couple of guys that might... One guy draft. who I think out of that top ten might surprise Please people is Evan ahead, Bouchard. Vegas. I think he's got an opportunity as a late birthday to step into to Edmonton and play games. I don't know if he'll... Sustain a whole year's worth of play there, but I really like that pick for for Edmonton at number 10, getting Evan Bouchard there. And of course, I'm always a big uh, Noah Dobson fan, so I thought he went a lot lower uh, than where I projected him. I think he's the second, going to be the second best defenseman to come out of this draft class. Uh, So I I really, really like what he brings to the table. But but the Islanders did really well. It's interesting to watch, um, you know the Toronto Maple Leafs kind of trade Jordan down which Jordan. I expected and then uh, okay. going to Rasmus Sandine which you almost kind of expected as well yeah, yeah. so know, a lot of neat things and Ryan Merkley of course is a, is a polarizing figure, figure and San Jose stepped up on him at 21, which I thought was the, probably the most interesting pick of that first round. Maybe Johansson going to, to Minnesota at 24 as well.
0: Yeah. Another draft's coming up pretty soon is the CHL import draft. Uh, are there any players in there that you have any any thoughts on, players you know are coming or will be drafted, uh, guys that are coming out of the draft today that uh, could be targets at the import
1: draft? You know what? I haven't, to be honest with you, I haven't really looked at the import draft at all. Um, I kind of let the... This thing kind of takes over my life uh, once the Memorial Cup ends. Uh, The one thing I am interested in seeing is you know, kind of at the last minute the announcement is made that the goaltenders are, are going to be a lot allowed, allowed back in the import draft. So that'll be a storyline to watch. I don't know if it's going to come to fruition this year, but there's been a big groundswell about that. Uh, and that would definitely change the complexion of the, of the import draft. That would be really interesting. That, that could be a great
0: scoop for our podcast. Thank you very much. All right, Sam, thanks for your time. Really appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you at the draft next year and maybe in the rink between
1: then.